praise God, guys. So glad you're at church. You're in the right place. Uh, God is good. God is good. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is full of mercy. He's full of grace. I don't know what, what you're carrying to church today, but it's not too heavy for God to handle. It's not too heavy for God to handle. And uh, welcome those of you who are online. Thanks for checking us out. I just, my prayer, guys, is that you just have a, you experience a miracle today. Did you come to church expecting that you experience a legit miracle in your life? I pray you experience it in person and online. I hope you came to church expecting. I hope you came to church. Anybody hungry for a touch from God? Are you just hungry for a touch from God? God, thank you for your, uh, for your presence. Thank you for your the way you're using this church, Lord, in the city and, and beyond. And thank you, for, thank you for your unfailing love, your patience with us, God. I'm grateful, God, that your mercies are new every morning. I'm grateful, God, that there's no situation we're in that's too great for you to handle and you can create a river and a desert. I'm grateful, God, that you are God. You are God. And right now, we just, uh, we just cry out to you, Lord, and we just say we need you. We're hungry for you. We want you to have your way in us and through us, Lord. So do your thing. Work in every heart. Move in the heart of every person who's watching online right now. Speak to them about your love and your grace. And thank you, God, for meeting with me uh, this week. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness in my life and the crazy idea to use me for your glory. It's an honor. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Um, turn to someone next to you and tell them, are you expecting? How about that? <laughs> are you expecting? Someone's going to find out tonight or today. Yeah, I am. Funny you should ask. Yeah, I came, I came to church expecting. I'm expecting. <laughs> I know, some of you are, might take that another way. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, hey, so we've been in this series called Impossible, and we've been at it for a few weeks. And uh, um, this is our last weekend. We're looking at uh, this, this, this word, impossible. And uh, what we've been doing is we've been looking at impossible situations and how God has intervened at seemingly even times when you feel like it's too late. Or you feel like it's a desperate, desolate situation and there's no way God can do anything and God shows up after he's been dead for four days. You know what I'm saying? And today we're going to look at an impossible situation and it involves um, our, our health. It involves our health. And it's a story in the Bible. Uh, the title of the message is When the Prognosis is Poor. When the Prognosis is Poor. How many of you have been in situations where the prognosis has been poor? Uh, my, my wife and my, my daughter are in San Antonio right now. They're visiting my dad who's going through some health issues. He's on dialysis and he actually had to get uh, one of his legs uh, amputated from his knee down because he has this infection in his bones. I appreciate you praying for him. And then my wife's uh, sister, um, has cancer, and, and she's going through tough times as well. So we have it on both sides of the family right now, um, this kind of thing. But, uh, but I bet you have stories too. Maybe you have a loved one, or you yourself have been through something, and the prognosis was poor. Now, if you're young and you have no idea what I'm talking about, you will. You will. 
one day you're going to get up and your knees are going to creak or something like that. And that's the beginning. It's all downhill from there, right there. I'm telling you. Uh, Jesus said in this world, we're going to have trouble. John chapter 16, verse 33. He said, here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Say, take heart with me because I have overcome the world. So Jesus gives us a heads up and he says, in this world, things aren't always going to go the way you expect. In this world, you're going to have problems. You're going to have troubles. You're going to go through trials. There's going to be things that create sorrow. You're going to go through situations in life that are going to challenge your, your understanding of who God is. They're going to challenge your understanding of God is a God of love. Whatever it is, in this world, on this side of heaven, you're going to have trials. And there's going to be suffering. So you have a choice on how you're going to navigate through all that. There's a lot of people who go through tough times and they don't know how to navigate through it. They don't think about it in advance and they just kind of walk away from God or walk away from their faith or walk away from the church or whatever it is. And it kind of, get, it kind of gets the best of them. When you look at the Bible, you see examples of healing all over the place. Luke chapter four uh, says at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. In Matthew, it says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. And in Luke chapter six, it says, they had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed, he healed everyone. So you see this throughout scripture, particularly in the gospels. You don't see a lot of it in the Old Testament. There are some situations where there's some healing that happens in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, it's all ramped up. And you need to understand this in context. You know, Jesus made it clear the works that he does. He said, believe me, if you don't want to believe me for, because I've said this, believe me because of the works that you've seen. So the miracles were evidence of his deity, evidence of who he is. So there's a purpose behind the miracles, but Jesus also gave authority to the apostles. And in the early church in Acts, you see Jesus has given authority through the, through the work of the Holy Spirit to many for praying for others who are sick, for others who, who need, need, to, need healing. And you see him do this and he does crazy things. And I'm thinking of him putting mud and spitting on people and calling people out who've been dead for a long time, uh, healing people with leprosy and casting out demons and this kind of thing. I want to go over a story in the Gospel of Mark because it's an impossible situation. And uh, it involves this, this young woman. I say young, I don't know her age, but this woman who had, who had an illness. But I'm going to start at Mark chapter 5. Here's the story. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake with a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Where a large crowd was gathered around him on the shore. Verse 22 says, Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. It's a cool name, Jairus. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently, with him. The original language pleading fervently, meaning he was begging, begging, begging. And he said, my, my little daughter's dying. He said, please come and lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. Fathers, can you feel that? Daddies, can you feel that? It's your baby girl who's sick and you'll do anything. Any loving father will do, any loving parent will do whatever it takes, right? To 
See, there, you know, it's hard to see your kids suffer. And, and this is a little girl that's sick. And again, it shows in scripture how there was illness, even when Jesus was around. And, and, uh, and he, he goes up to Jesus and says, my daughter's sick. And he tells Jesus what to do. He says, Jesus, here's what you need to do. You need to show up and lay your hands on my daughter. This is interesting because you look at other places in the Bible. Then at one point, someone said, no, 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 Jesus, you don't have to go. Just say the word. And your word is enough. And, and, and my son will experience healing. But you see how we all work through healing a little bit. He has an idea. He said, you need to show up, lay your hands on her so she can live. And scripture says Jesus went with him. And all the people followed, crowding around him. So Jairus, he's a, uh, he's a lay official responsible for the physical management of the church, the synagogue, the building, the worship, kind of the facility manager. Think of him like that. But he's well known. He's respected in his community. Anytime you look in the Bible and the Bible gives a name, that means that person has some sort of significance in the community, in the city. So his name is Jairus and everybody knows it. But in the middle of this, there's this woman that shows up. Verse 25 says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. How many years? 12 years. Now this is significant. This woman, you never know her name. So you can look at this and think, well, she must not be as significant in that, in that community as Jairus. Jairus is mentioned. But this woman shows up uninvited and you don't know her name and she has this problem and she's had this problem for how many years again 12 years and it involves some sort of bleeding now that's significant there's this internal thing that's happening inside of her and some people may have said it was some sort of chronic menstrual disorder or a uterine hemorrhage, whatever it is, there's some sort of hemorrhage thing that's happening inside of her and she has this bleeding and it's inside of her and there's a lot of problems that come with that. Because if you look at, uh, if you look at Leviticus chapter 15, Leviticus chapter 15 talks about people who have an issue with bleeding. And, and spiritually speaking, Leviticus says anyone who has an issue with bleeding, continual bleeding, they're considered spiritually unclean. Anything they touch is unclean. If they sat down on that chair, the chair is unclean. If they sat down on the sofa, the sofa is unclean. If they touch someone, that person's unclean. And in fact, they're restricted from even going to church. They're not allowed to go into the synagogue. So literally, she's been ostracized from, from everything because of this internal bleeding that she did not wish on herself. And because of it now, it's created other problems, and, and now she's living in isolation. It's one of the worst things, one of the most difficult, challenging things to do is to be alone. Have you ever been alone? you ever feel alone? That's hard. We need some sort of contact, but if you're left in isolation, that's, that's, uh, that's hard. That's why in prisons, one of the things they do, right? You know, the biggest, baddest guys out there, you put them in, in some sort of isolation and it's horrible for them. Isolation can be terrible. So this gal, she feels like this spiritual outcast. Think about it. She's not invited to any birthday parties. She's not invited to any, any kind of groups. 
She can't have any contact with old friends. She can't go to church. She's excommunicated. She can't touch anyone. She's desperate. Have you ever had one issue create another issue? You know what I'm talking about? One issue create another issue. She has this problem internally with this bleeding for 12 years. And that issue has created another issue where now she's labeled as spiritually unclean and nobody wants to be around her and she cannot go to church and worship with anyone else and anything she touches is unclean and and now she's living with this. I don't know which one's worse. I don't know which one's worse. I think it was worse her considered spiritually unclean, not not able to, to, to be with others. I think that was more painful than 12 years of that problem. Then the scripture says this, she had suffered a great deal from many, she, from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten what? She's gotten worse. Wow. Have you ever had a problem in your life where money was not an option? You're going to spend as much as you can to fix this problem. And you're going to drive across the country to try to fix this problem. And that's where she was at. She spent all of her money to meeting all these doctors, and it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse, not better. She's taken all the x-rays. She did all the lab work. She, she's tried all kinds of things. She did Eastern you know, you know, you know, stuff on herself. And she's tried all kinds of remedies, natural remedies, organic remedies. And, and, and she's had all the biopsies and everything she's done. And now she just has less money and she's gotten worse. She's gotten worse. Here's the big question. Why doesn't God heal everyone? We don't like to talk about that in church, but we know that's true, don't we? Why doesn't God heal everyone? Why, is, why doesn't like every time you pray for someone and you say, just heal them, why isn't it just like that and you're set free? Why, why does it not happen all the time like that? Now, I do believe God can heal anyone and anything. God can do that. Nothing's impossible for God. God can do that. I wholeheartedly believe that. You're talking to a guy whose number one spiritual gift is faith. So please don't, don't tell me anything. I believe God can do anything he wants. I totally believe that. But why is it sometimes, sometimes it's like God chooses not to heal. I have a pastor friend and close pastor friend. I talk to him frequently, John Miller, and uh, he's in Hawaii. He's been pastoring for a long time. He serves the Lord and he has a, a 23 year old son who uh, developmentally is six years old. He has to be helped to to do everything. Everything. He's completely dependent on mom and dad. And I look at that, and I'm so inspired by my brother, John. I'm so inspired. He loves on people. He serves. He ministers to them. And he goes back home to a situation where you might think, why God? Why not him? Why not him? Uh, my spiritual mentor got cancer, died early on. And he used to tell me, he, I, I, you know, he was, his life was shortened. And he told me, he told me, Reuben, I feel like I'm in training to become an angel. That's what he would tell me. I look at him and I say, why? Why? 
Have you ever seen someone who got sick and you wonder, why? Sometimes people will say, oh, you're sick because you don't have enough faith. You're, that's why you're sick. Well, guys, I got COVID pretty good. I got the real COVID. I wasn't playing. I'm just telling you, I wasn't playing with my COVID. I was not playing. I was 10 feet away from the door of death in an ICU. I was not playing. No visitors. Why did I get sick? I didn't have enough faith. Was the blood of Jesus not on me? What happened? Let me just tell you, when I went through that, the Lord spoke to me and said, Reuben, you got to go through this because I want to use you in a deeper way. And I need to take you to a deeper place. That's what God told me. And then I got this crazy thing, you know, this Ramsey Hunt thing. Why? Is it because I don't have enough faith? Come on now. We need to go out in the back alley and settle this if you think I don't have enough faith. I'm just telling you. I can let my old school days come out, be my BC days, before Christ days. Oh, my word. Come on now. You know what I've discovered? Is God's grace is sufficient. That's what I've discovered. I have seen God do miracles. I have seen God's people set free, like right on the spot. You pray and bam, it's like God moves and it's a beautiful thing. I have seen that with my eyes and glory to God. I believe and I know God can do that. God has healed people by his grace with these hands. As I lay my hands on people, I've seen that happen over and over and over again. And then I looked in the Bible and there's some situations where people uh, prayed and didn't get healed. And I think of a, a guy named Thothamus, uh, Trophimus, excuse me. You read about him in 2 Timothy chapter 4. It says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila. This is Paul the Apostle talking. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of Onesiphorus. Verse 20, Erastus stayed at Corinth and I left Trophimus, there's his name. I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. You ever seen that? Paul left this guy named Trophimus. Do you think he prayed for Trophimus that God would heal him? I think he did. I think he did. And what about, what about Timothy? Paul's young one. <laughs> Paul tells him, don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because... You are sick so often. Timothy, what was that about? Timothy struggled with some kind of frequent illness. I want to say this. Don't let a physical condition keep you from serving God. Don't let a physical condition keep you from serving God. You can pray, can't you? Even when you're laid up, you can pray. I think I, I'm so inspired by people like my, my brother John, but I'm inspired by people like, like, like some, some of you, you have maybe a situation, you know, continual headaches. You know, that's something that I hear quite a bit and, and you serve. I think about one of our gals that had come to Thorn Creek and, and she's an older saint and she greets on this side of the doors that you might know who I'm talking about. She's only got one leg. She sits in a wheelchair with one leg. And I'm just telling you, she encourages all of us with two legs. Like, like, I mean, she is so encouraging. She is so encouraging. You know, there's people that are lying down in the hospital right now that would do anything to trade places with you right now. There's people that are in prisons that would do anything right now to trade places with you right now. There's people living out of a car right now that would do anything to trade places with you right now. You're at a good place. You've got breath in your lungs, 
and the Lord, his grace is over you and you're in a church and, and God has given you strength. There's people that would trade places with you just like that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then you see in Psalm chapter 41, even righteous people can get sick. It says the Lord sustains them, referring to righteous people, on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. Sustains them on their sickbed. Sometimes that's what God does. Sometimes your body is just saying, you need to rest. And God will make you stronger as you rest. As you, as you lie there, God's going to speak to you and he's going to restore you. Now I want to read a verse that's very misquoted and it's in 1 John chapter 5. It says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, say whatever we ask with us. We know that we have what we asked of him. Doesn't that sound like a blank check to you? Whatever we ask. It sounds like a blank check to me. But you got to read the verse before that. It's always good to look at God's word in context. Verse 14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, what? According to his will. One more time. According to he hears us. That's how it starts. According to his will. According to his will. So the big question, the right question is, what is God's will? That's the right question. Sometimes it's the will of God for healing to happen right now, immediately. I've learned it's a timing thing. I've learned there's, there's more circumstances around the will of God. Sometimes God is trying to get your attention. Sometimes God's trying to humble you. Sometimes God's trying to teach you to rely on him. Sometimes God's doing some other things around your life and he's going to use it for his glory. There's people who are in wheelchairs or without limbs and they pray that God would heal them and God hasn't, but you know what? They have a phenomenal ministry. And you see those people with limitations and they're more inspiring than anyone else who has all four limbs. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes God says, no, my grace is sufficient and you're going to walk through this and I'm going to take care of you and everyone's going to see your joy. Everyone's going to see your faithfulness. Everyone's going to see the strength that I give you and you're going to inspire others to turn to Jesus. Glory to God. Sometimes God does that. Paul the apostle figured this out. He said, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times... I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. Other versions say, my grace is sufficient. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. So we don't know what the thorn was, but whatever it was, God didn't completely heal Paul. God didn't take it away, whatever it was. And Paul learned a valuable lesson. He learned the grace of God is greater than my discomfort. The grace of God is greater than any pain I have. The grace of God is greater than anything I face and his grace is sufficient. It's enough. It'll carry me through. I don't understand why this is happening to me, but I know my God loves me and I know he's with me and that's enough. Glory to God. And Paul figured that out. It's better for you to figure that out now. There's going to be times when you say, God, I need a healing touch. I need you to deliver me. I need you to restore. I need you to set me free. And God can certainly do that. 
immediately. But other times God says, you know what? I'm going to let you live with that problem just a little bit because I want you to turn to me. I want you to humble yourself. I want you to learn to walk with me. And I want you to learn to trust me. I want you to do that. You know, I praise God for those times in my life that didn't make sense. I thank God for those times when he didn't answer my prayer. I'm so glad he didn't answer some prayers of mine because my prayer, it wasn't time. It wasn't, I wasn't in the right place. And I'm so glad God didn't move at that time. God's grace is enough to carry you through dark times. And let me say this too. Don't let unanswered prayers weaken your faith. Faith is a choice to continue to believe in God, even though it doesn't make sense through your eyes. Sometimes we might say, oh God, I need you to move here or redeem or heal or touch or whatever. And it may not happen. And then we we go through the rest of our life thinking, boy, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to, your faith just drops down a little bit. And I want to remind you, he is God, not you. He is God. He's God. Let's look back at the story, guys. Mark chapter five, verse 27 says, she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, say that with me, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Mm. Immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible, terrible condition. She thought to herself, I can imagine this woman touching touching the garment. Can you see it? This is incredible. I mean, she totally hijacks Jesus. (laughs) Jesus was on his way to to heal, heal this little girl. He was not on his way to heal her. Maybe you can make an argument that he was. She hears about Jesus. She's a no-name, unnamed woman. And all she did was she thought to herself. She thought to herself. She was uninvited. Jesus never said, I'll heal you. When you look at this passage, it seems like Jesus is oblivious. And I know he's, he's God in the flesh. And, you know, if you want to know what you know, a selfie from God looks like, you just have to look at Jesus. That's all you have to do. So, you, you know, I know he knows everything. But he's walking and it's, it's as if he's like, you know, somebody touches him and, and, and they're the ones who get healed. And he, he's just walking through and he doesn't know. I mean, you, you see this and it's crazy. Then I thought about this. Like, what is the criteria that some people get more than other people around them? I mean, what is the criteria? You want to have me switch as this thing? What is the criteria that some people experience a a miracle and other people don't? Because there's a whole bunch of people around her, around Jesus, excuse me, around Jesus. There's a whole bunch of people, but she's the one who shows up and she just like maneuvers her way and maybe shoulders herself in there and she touches the hem and she just is having this own little conversation. She thought to herself, all I have to do is touch the edge of his robe, of his garment. Nobody told her that. And it's, it might be a little bit even superstitious, right? 
Might be a little bit of that. Because she says, you know what, if I just touch the, the edge, if I just do that, that's enough. She's having church all by herself. No priest or prophet or, or pastor or nobody told her that. She thought to herself, if I just touch just a piece of his clothing, I don't have to touch him. I just got to touch what's on him. And if I do that, then I will be healed. The other thing I thought about this, I thought, what is this? Like, what can we learn from this woman? I think we can learn a lot from this woman. Why didn't anybody else get healed in that crowd? There were a lot of people. I think other people had issues. Why was she the only one? And you know what I think about? I think this woman did not care about what others thought. Have you, you know that? Have you ever been at that place where you're like, I need God and I don't care what anyone else thinks. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to lie down. I'm going to kneel down. I'm going to do it in front of everyone. And I don't care what anyone else thinks. I need God. I need a touch of God. So we're so concerned about what other people think about us. You know that? Oh, they think I have it all together. I'm not going to do that. Oh, these people, they're my kids think this. My wife thinks it. My husband thinks this. Oh, I don't want to look that way. I got to keep my cool. I got to maintain my image. You know what? God responds to hungry people all the time. He responds to hungry people. If you really want God, you can find him. If you really want to know Jesus, you can have him. If you really want to experience a miracle in your life, you can have it. You can have it. If you really want to know God. See, this woman shows something else. She's just bold. She's audacious. She's, she's, she's a little bit risky, isn't she? Everybody knows this woman can't touch anyone. And she goes in the crowd. And she just reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. She doesn't care. She's got a problem that she's living with. And nobody else knows that problem like she knows it. You know, when you have a problem and it's private or personal, you know nobody else gets you, right? Nobody else knows what it feels like, but you know what it feels like 24-7. She knows what it feels like, and she doesn't care. She wants Jesus. She doesn't care what other people think. And then check this out, this other thing in this, you know, according to Leviticus chapter 15, anything she would touch would become unclean. But when she touches Jesus, Jesus is not unclean. Jesus is holy. He doesn't become unclean. Instead, she becomes whole. Glory to God. You know what that says? You sinner. All of us need the grace of God. It means you can turn to Jesus and he'll make you clean and he'll make you whole. Glory to God. He'll make you clean and he'll make you whole. And scripture says immediately the bleeding stops. Say immediately. Immediately. Clap your hands together. One, two, three. One. Just immediately. Immediately. That was terrible. We're going to clap once. Here it goes. One, two, three. Clap. I got a microphone in my head. I can't clap. You got to help me out. One, two, three. Clap. Boom. Immediately. Isn't that beautiful, guys? Don't you like those prayers when God answers immediately? I think she was just hungry. I think she was hungry for Jesus. 
I think she wanted Jesus more than she wanted anything else and anyone else. Can you say that about yourself? Do you want, do you want, do you want to experience God more than anyone else? More than that guy, more than that girl, more than that woman, more than that man, more than that job, more than that position. Do you want God more than anything else? Glory to God. Verse 30 says, Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Isn't that cool? Jesus is amazing. He said, who touched my, my robe? What happened? What happened? Healing power. That word, it's dynamis. That power, dunamis, means dynamite. Spiritual dynamite. His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, who touched me? They don't get it. The other thing I think about is this. You have this crowd pressing around him. But nobody is accessing the power of Jesus. There's no power leaving Jesus at this point. And you have this crowd pressing around him. But you have this one unnamed woman who's had a problem for how many years? 12 years. And she doesn't give a rip about what other people think. She wants to be healed. And she's the one who touches his him, and power leaves Jesus. He felt the power leave him. Somebody touched the edge of his cloak. What about all the other people pressing around him? And here's, here's what I thought. Here's what I want to say. You can be around Jesus and not touch him. You could be around Jesus and not touch him. Why is it that there are some people who go to church? We had someone just last week come to church and in the middle of the sermon, they had to leave because they were in tears. The Holy Spirit just was really speaking to them and they didn't want to cry in front of everyone else, which you can cry at Thorn Creek. It's okay. It's okay. But why is it there's some people who experience a church service and go to their car after the service and cry and weep and say, God, I need you. Why is it there's some people who go to a church service and they humble themselves and they change their life because of a word from God? Why is it some people go to church and they're in the middle of worship, they have tears rolling down their face and they sense the presence of God? Why do some people experience that and other people don't? They just sit there wondering, when is it gonna end? and they get nothing out of it. Why can some people experience God and other people in the same same room, in the same house? They don't feel anything. Or they might get a miracle, others, why is it? Verse 32 says, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then Then this frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, like she's been God came and fell to her knees in front of him and and told him what she she had done. And he said to her, daughter, isn't that beautiful? He calls her daughter. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Glory to God. Yeah. Now who looks crazy? 
Your faith has made you well. I, I think that was spoken so that other people could hear. So that other people could hear about her faith and about the miracle. And let everyone else know she's been healed. And keep in mind, this was something that was happening internally. And sometimes, guys, we have internal problems that nobody can see, don't we? We have internal issues that nobody can see. Nobody can see our mental anxiety. Nobody can see our depression. Nobody can see the thoughts we have. Nobody can see our battles that we have in our own mind. Nobody can see that health issue that we live with and all those pills we take at night and in the morning, whatever it is. We have internal issues that nobody can see. And I want you to know Jesus sees them. Jesus sees them. God sees them. And God loves you and God cares about you. And, he, and, and Jesus turns around and heals this person and tells everyone, your faith has made you well. Your suffering is over. And I love the way verse 56 says, and wherever, wherever he went into villages, towns, or countryside, they, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. I think the, the placement of this verse is interesting because I don't hear about the, the cloak being a, something to touch until she does it. And, and, and we have a tendency to, to, uh, to follow um, what others have experienced. And I think this woman touching the edge of his cloak, I think she was a trendsetter. I'm just thinking, she, everybody saw that and thought, oh, she got healed by doing that? Well, maybe, maybe I can get healed by doing the same thing. All I need is his cloak. I don't need any, I mean, his cloak is enough. I think she was a trendsetter. All who touched it were healed. Glory to God. I want to challenge you. We're going to do something here, guys that is going to take you out of your comfort zone. I'm just telling you right now. Some of you, you need healing in your life. And mental, maybe it is something mental. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's spiritual. There's something in your life and, and it's you've been living with it for so long, maybe you've given up. You know what it is? Maybe you've given up. Maybe you've been like, you know what? I just, I live like this. I always have these headaches. It never leaves. Or I, I have this, this mental anxiety. It just always is. Or I have this thing inside of my body. It always is. And, and you've just, you've lived with it for so long. It's become part of your life. Well, God brought you to this church for a miracle today. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And those of you watching online, maybe the same thing with you. I want to talk to the person who's hungry. Anybody hungry? I want to talk to the person who's ready to, to, to receive a touch from the Lord. I want to talk to the person who has an attitude like that unnamed woman who wants to be set free. James says it like this. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith 
will heal the sick. And the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Well, James tells us, and I love James, he's so you know, practical. He says you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And this is a church that believes in the God who heals. We believe God still heals. And we're going to ask by faith that God heals today, right now. We're going to ask by faith that God heals. And we're just going to do it by faith, and we're going to leave it in God's hands. God may say like he did with Paul the Apostle, my grace is sufficient. Or you might be like that unnamed woman that just experiences healing immediately. And that's our prayer. Does that make sense? So I don't know what you're going through, but I want to say God wants to touch you. Whatever it is that has a hold on you, you need healing. Physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is, God wants to do a miracle in your life. So I'm going to ask you to respond this way today. I'm going to ask you to stand up and I'm going to ask you to come forward. We're going to have some people uh, praying. Come on up here. Where's Pastor Jeremy? We have anointing oil. And we have some prayer partners here, guys. And they're going to have anointing oil. And we're going to anoint you in the name of Jesus Christ and ask God to heal you in the name. Anybody hungry? Anybody hungry for healing? This is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. So you can come on either side and you say, you know, Lord, I need you to touch me. I need healing. And we're going to pray for healing in the name of Jesus. God, thank you for these good people. Thank you for the response. The people are already coming forward. I pray, God, for healing. I pray for miracles. I pray you stir hearts, God. May we be a church that experiences legit miracles, Lord, over and over and over again, God. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence. And I pray that you heal every person that comes forward. Anoint every person. Heal them like you did with that woman. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.